Welcome to the Movie Lab. This is Michael. And I'm Damien. And uh, today, Damien, we're going to do something a bit different. Normally, we do a movie review, but I think now... Well, we'll just try this out. I just wanted to talk about just different things that we're interested in, be that movies. Uh, I mean, just the top, uh, the title of the podcast is The Movie Lab, so we'll talk about films. Uh, maybe video games, uh, some eSports, I think you wanted to talk about. Yeah, sure. Maybe some uh, actual sports, uh, which I maybe, because I have an interest in that, I might talk about that. Oh, do you? <laughs> I do, just a mild interest. Just a very small one. Yeah, yeah. So um, I thought we'd uh, give that a go. So what I wanted to start off uh, with was to talk about what we're doing at the moment. So I have been playing a lot of Pokemon Let's Go. Right, that's the one on the Switch, yeah? Yes, the one on the Switch. I picked the Eevee one uh, because I... Well, I don't particularly like Pikachu or Eevee, but out of the two, I I guess I'd pick Eevee. And, um, And I... I've actually been really sucked in by it. Like, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. There are a few problems, but it's, uh, it's yeah, taken up a lot of my time, to be honest. My spare time, I should say. I do, I am productive. But, yeah, I, I've been playing that game quite a bit. And I think um, one of the things, because I'm, a, I'm I, I, I don't know, what as a Gen 1-er, is that someone who only played Red and Blue and didn't come back? Um, that or just like that's their favorite one, and they're always just kind of like you know, Gen One was the best kind of thing. So yeah, you well, played Gen One when it came I played out. Gen One. So I was a kid. I, I remember when Pokemon started, and it was like a big thing, and it blew up, and I was right in that age group. Right. Um. So I don't know what that age group. Well, I think it was like nine or ten or something like that. And um. And I really got into it. And then I remember the second Gen came out, the Gold and Silver, and I started playing those as well and I really enjoyed those and that's about it I, I just stopped playing after that and I did actually buy X and Y so I skipped quite a lot of gens to that and I just couldn't get into it it's like Pokemon had moved on because when I I remember there being 150 250 Pokemon and that was enough but now <laughs> now there's like 1.3 million different types of Pokemon and I just can't keep up and like every year I, there's more and more I know and you've only got six in your party I, I'm not going to catch all of them <laughs> so I, I who can be bothered like I have a life so uh, just the original 150 was good enough for me right. and also that but that 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 game style, the turn-based RPG, although I know Pokemon supposedly is a bit of a light one of those. There are much heavier yeah. turn-based RPGs. Uh, I'm just not into those those sorts of games. I liked the original ones because they... Well, I loved Pokemon already going into it, so that was enough for me. I mean, you could have made a turn-based RPG about... Well, you could have made any kind of game about Pokemon at the time. I would have played it and loved it, you know? So... I was more forgiving of that sort of style of game where I got into it because of that. And that, and now, like in Let's Go, is, is I think mainly fueled by nostalgia. If it was a new game that I hadn't played before, I don't think I would have made it very far. I wouldn't have even picked it up. Right, and I'm someone who didn't play, I didn't play any of the original first-gen ones. I played some of the remake ones, as why well. I always have Let's Go. And I didn't get that far into it. I got kind of bored pretty quickly of it. Although I'll probably jump back into it at some point. But, um... Let's Go has a different mechanic to the traditional um, Pokemon when you catch them. Because traditionally, you know, you run into a random Pokemon, you do some damage to them, you throw the Pokeball and catch them. So it's a bit different now, right? Yeah, I think it's much better now. I like throwing the Pokeball. And, and it, it's got some cheap things in it that are cheap, but they really... 
like they get rid of the grindiness of it. Pokemon's a really grindy game. Yeah, like you, you know, a lot of get, a lot of those JRPGs. Yeah, really yeah. Are. Like this person spots you and walks over, and you have another battle. And this person spots you, or you walk into the forest, and oh, this Pokemon come. But this that they've tried to speed it up as much as possible because you can just walk past them now, right? The um, random Pokemon. Yes, you see the random Pokemon in the grass, so you can decide whether to walk. Every now and then, you have a like one walk into you, and you couldn't avoid it. But it's, it doesn't happen often enough to get really annoying. Okay. So, yeah, it's actually it's really good, and uh, so I love that part of it. That that gets away so much frustration. Like going into caves used to be the worst experience. Oh yeah, because it wasn't just random. Yes, it was just random everywhere you go. But they got rid of that, so that was great. And um, but you know, as much as they try to speed it up, it it's just like what it is fundamentally is a turn-based RPG, and those sorts of games are quite slow compared to other types of games, yeah. at least. So you're never going to make it as fast as I would like it to be. I mean, if it was as fast as I'd like to be, like it to be, it just would be a completely different game. So yeah, uh, that's. That's why probably, even though the, the new Direct came out showing off the new Pokemon coming out, um, was it Sword and Shield? Yeah. I, I don't think I'm going to anywhere near that, to be honest. I don't yeah, think I, I'll play that. I'll probably pick it up a bit after. I might wait, because usually they do like the third game, which like puts the exclusive Pokemon from both games into it or whatever. Yeah. So I'll probably wait till that comes out. Or it's set in um, Britain, basically, is the kind of theme. Oh, I didn't realize that. that. Well, yeah, because all the... All of them, the regions are always kind of themed after different places. Like, um, I know X and Y was obviously like France and Paris. Um, and I think some of the other ones are just like, well, Sun and Moon's like Hawaii kind of thing. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, I didn't play that one. And I did play X and, well, I can't remember which one I had, but I. I think you had X. Yeah, I barely played it, though. I, I'm not really qualified to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, I, God, I can't even remember what starter I had. I saw that. Did you see the starters for the new one? Yes, I could not tell you their names off the top of my head. Though. I thought they all looked just incredibly boring. <laughs> like uh, they, I, I don't want to say they've run out of ideas because I don't even know enough about the new Pokemon. But I mean, how many different types of Pokemon can you come up with? Do you think and, they'll ever change the starting types? Like it's always fire, grass, and water. Maybe. Think they'll ever go away from that? They should make it three types. That what are the least popular types? Normal, normal, like bug. <laughs> bug, bug. I think it's Maybe worst. flying, flying. Yeah, flying's yeah. just kind of there. Yeah, maybe fighting. It would have to be a rock, scissors, paper sort of combination. Yeah, true. So maybe they could have like, um, maybe rock, and what's good against rock? Uh, fighting's good against rock, isn't it? I think so. Which is weird. Yeah, fighting's a weird one. So is normal. Because I think normal was, like, bad against everything except for, like, dragon or something. Dragon. Something weird like that. Okay. Uh, you know what, Pokemon, because this approach I'm taking cause with this new one is generally what I had, what I'd done in previous Pokemon games, like in Red and Blue. I would get my starter, like, Blast... Uh, I didn't start with Blast Toys, but I'd start with Squirtle and I'd go to Blast Toys. And I used to just almost, like, 90% of the time I'd just use that Pokemon. You know? Yeah, I think that's most people. Did most that. people did that, yeah. Um, but n- this time, I don't even use Eevee. I straight away put him into the Pokemon box. Like I don't use him, and instead, I've been using um, 
I do have a war turtle, but he's not like my main. And I have uh, I have a graveler and a Raichu. I really like Raichu. I love so Raichu. Under- Raichu is so much better than Pikachu. I absolutely agree I, with you. Yeah, he might not be as cute. Fine, but like, I I won't go there. But um, I I um. I, yeah, I, I prefer Raichu. Yeah, well. I remember when um, X and Y came out, when I got it, I immediately found a Pikachu. I was like, all right, I'm making this, I'm going to turn this dude into a Raichu, and it's going to be great. And I did it. And I love, I still have that Raichu. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> My, uh, yeah, I, I um, so I'm using Raichu. Now, there's there's also this weird thing, I, I, I can't remember the name of it, so I'm going to get it wrong, but you can get some sort of type of Pokemon that look, it, it's the same Pokemon, but it looks a bit different, and it might even be a different type. Of what? Of so, for example, like if you go into the one of the Pokemon centers, I can't remember which town, but you can go and talk to someone who's in there, and you can trade your Raichu for her Raichu, which is from a different region, and it looks different. I'm not sure about that. It oh. sounds. It does sound like something you'd be in a Pokemon. Game. Could you quickly look it up? Sure. This is for. Um, Let's, Let's go. I I don't know if it's in other games, but it's at least in Let's go. So there's a, a there's a meowth of it. It starts with an AL. Alarian or something? Alarian Pokemon? I know you can get a Meowth one. I think there's a Grimer and a uh, a Graveler as well. So there are a few different ones that you can change over. I'm trying to see if I can find I, it. I think it's Alarian. I can look it up on my end, but I think it's Alarian Pokemon. And that's a really cool concept because if you see the, the Alarian Raichu... You, my opinion, anyway. He looks really cool. Um, he sort of floats as well on his tail. Alarian Raichu. Oh, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, that's um, that's the one from X and... Uh, not X and Y. Um, oh, Al- Ultra Al- Sun Al- Al- and... Yeah, that's from like the Ultra Sun and Moon games. Uh, okay. From that region, because it's like the Hawaiian theme. Ah, okay. So that that's a... That, I'm just showing Yeah, he, like, he rides his tail like a surfboard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so okay. you can... Let's... So you can... In this game, you can go to this person and you can trade it for... That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, you can trade it for an Alolan um, Raichu. So, I've got my main Raichu and I'm going to catch another Pikachu. That's my next thing I'm going to do. I'm going to catch another Pikachu and give him a Thunderstone and get a Alolan Raichu. I think that's going to be my main Raichu. Well, isn't there only one Thunderstone per game, usually? Uh, In this one, you can buy them at the... Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, because in one of the cities... I forget the name of them, but in one city, there's a massive, like, Mega Mart, Poker Mart, and there you can buy all of the stones, and they're all available, and you can buy them into infinity if if you've got enough money. So, yeah, they're about 5,000 each. Okay, that's pretty weird, but kind of cool. I guess they really are separating this game from the, like... The ecosystem of all the handheld ones? They're, they're just making it easier. Like, yeah. everything's easier. And that was another thing I was going to say as well. Um, now, I don't know when they started doing this because I haven't been playing Pokemon games for a long time. But now, when you battle someone, not only does the Pokemon you battled with get XP, but other Pokemon in yeah. your team that had nothing to do with it get XP. Like, I've got a Charmeleon, and I've barely used him. And, I like, he's on level 33 or something. I just I barely use a guy. Yeah, that's, um, that's been around for a few generations, XP share. But yeah. that, that's definitely... That is a very good feature because it's just... Otherwise, it's... You're just basically, if you want to level up your Pokemon, you got to go into that tall grass and you have to make sure that's your party leader and you have to make them fight over and over. And just grind yeah. and grind and grind. They tried to get rid of the grindiness of it. Yeah. There's even, and this is this is this this makes it really easy, um, 
you you don't have to go to a PC to swap your Pokemon in and out. You can just do oh, it yeah, on that's the fly. Right. I think that's great. Like, do you know how much time that saves? Imagine having to go back to the PC every single time, there and back, there and back. That that just takes up so much time. You don't have to do any of that yeah. anymore. They really just streamlined everything. It yeah. seems. But it looks like they've really cut back on this, on that sort of thing. This new one, because we already saw in the direct. I said you said earlier you hadn't seen it. No. I now they they showed someone walking into tall grass and you know the and a mystery Pokemon coming up. So they got rid of that. Why would they get rid of the? I think the best inclusion on that game, arguably, and they've yeah they've removed it. So I'm not sure. I guess maybe it's because they figure that the people who still play the handheld games actually do enjoy those kinds of features. Maybe yeah, I guess. I, I guess I'm not their target audience. Probably um, not. But, you know, so I'm not going to get the new one. I hope they do another Let's Go with Gold and Silver. Um, That'd be pretty cool. That would be cool. I, well, they might as well do it. I mean, yeah. geez, I don't know if they will. I feel like there's not a lot of nostalgia for Gold and Silver. Um, I feel like every second one people have a lot of nostalgia for. Like, people well, really like the they did Ruby make, and Sapphire a lot. But they did make Heart Gold and Soul Silver, didn't they? Yeah, they so did. they they remade them in those instances. So I mean, I could see them do, redoing it. Maybe Pokemon because Pokemon's really blowing. I mean, it's blowing up. It, it. I think it's probably past its peak. I think, but yeah. but look at this Detective Pikachu movie coming out. Have you seen the trailer for that? Oh yeah, that looks that looks really good. Have you seen the most recent trailer yeah. with Mewtwo? <laughs> yeah. What the hell? That movie's like. <laughs> I, when I saw that, I was like, "Well, that'll be crap." But it's it looks awesome. Like I can't wait to see. That it. kind of came out of nowhere. I it didn't even did. know they were making it. And then the trailer dropped. I was like, "What?" Yeah. People. <laughs> and people Ryan Reynolds is Pikachu. <laughs> I know I, that movie's going to make a ton of money. Lots yeah. of people are going to see. Well, then that. you think you know a few years ago. Um, What's it called? Pokemon Go came out, and that was huge. That's it, right. Yeah. I, like, I remember the first month that came out, everyone was playing it everywhere you go. Like, you'd be on, like, the train going to uni, and everyone would have their phones out, and they're trying to, at the stations, because there'd be a Pokestop, and everyone's trying to refill their Pokeballs and everything. Yeah, even I got sucked into that. I didn't yeah. play it for very long, but I, I do remember going to a park, and there were just all these people, like, masses of yeah. people walking around that with was their a, phones. That was really cool. It's um, not as popular anymore, but people, a lot of people still play it and still really like that. And I bet a lot of people got into Pokemon through that and Probably, are now playing yeah. this Let's Go games and might, might play the next one based on that. You know? Yeah, especially like, if you're like, oh, I play Pokemon Go on my phone and I just got a Switch yeah. and I see Pokemon Let's Go. And this I, movie's coming out. Yeah. It's just, I feel like it's all blowing up again. So who knows? Maybe, maybe Pokemon will get to a point where it's, even more popular than it was, or as popular as it was when it first started. No, we'll say that'd be that'd be tall order. Yeah, well, I mean, it's difficult to compare how yeah. because it's just a different world now. Like now we've yeah. got the internet. There's so much more communication. But back then, I felt like everybody knew about it and was talking about it. And this was again before the internet, so it had to have been pretty big yeah. to feel that way back then. That's thing. It's kind of hard for it to ever reach that same kind of cultural osmosis, I guess. In yeah. A way. Which I think Cultural it kind of... Well. I like that. Yeah, I yeah. think it did kind of get there with um, Pokemon Go. Yeah, well, yeah, that was all over the news. I yeah. remember some guy getting really angry because all these kids were outside <laughs> his house or something. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of... Yeah, that's... Uh, well, that was fun. You know, like, yeah. yes, some people have no lives and, you know, there are people that literally wouldn't put their phone away because, God forbid, they take a step without, you know, getting a stat on their Pokemon Go. Okay, that that's a bit too much. Those people need to sort themselves out. But, um, but you know, apart from that, it's actually a cool idea yeah. and a cool app. And, like, everyone was having a good time and stuff. Like, you could just, like, you'd go out into a park and, like, you'd see people, like, with the thing, like, and be like, oh, there's a good Pokemon over here. Yeah. Just letting you know. And, like... 
It was such a weird cultural phenomenon. Yeah, it was. I'm surprised we don't have more games like that. I don't know. Maybe there aren't enough franchises that really fit yeah, very well. Yeah, I feel like it. they're probably pretty expensive to make and yeah. maintain. Yeah, you're probably right. I was thinking Dragon Ball Z, but I don't know what you would do I exactly. Think, I don't think it would ever reach the peak that Pokemon can really get. No, but I was just thinking like a Pokemon Go version of that. But yeah, what, would that, what would that even be? Uh, Catch a bunch of Krillins or something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's weird. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's that. I think another game... I've been playing my Switch a, a fair bit. I, I've pretty much... I'm not done with Smash Brothers, but I've been coming back to it sort of intermittently. But I'm done with my massive playthrough. Right. Um, I actually love the hell out of it and yeah. I was so on the fence about buying that game too I'm really happy with it um, yeah. you know I never really put huge amount of hours into it but like I probably just play like a few games against like the AI every day just when like really just, every day oh no like most days just cause like I Gosh. can and like it's just kind of fun if I just spend five minutes just battling a few AI opponents yeah cause like this, the mechanics are really fun and everything like I really enjoy it yeah, it was. I'm really glad with how they that turned out. Yeah, well, so am I because I liked uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee was is one of my favorite games of all time, and I remember I played that into infinity. Like I, I just loved the hell out of that game. But you know that was a long, long time ago. I mean, and people I remember, still play Melee. They do, yeah. But I mean, I don't. And I remember Brawl just it wasn't. It just nothing was as big as the leap from the first one to Melee yeah. because it was such a massive jump in graphics. All of a sudden, there were way more characters. I don't know the numbers exactly, but I think Melee had at least double of the first one. Yeah, way more so. stages, way more content. There were those event matches. There was that adventure mode. It was just... It was such a massive, massive improvement. And it's just like... It, they've never been able to improve that much on the, on the other ones. So... And, and, you know, and I, probably I was at just the right age when Melee came out as well. I was like 13, 14 or something like that. So Brawl was never the same. Um, I remember thinking that was a bit disappointing. And then I got the Wii U one. I which, forgot what that's called. Oh, it, was, it was literally called Super Smash Brothers for Wii U. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, I think people just call it Smash 4. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably... It's pretty fair. It was also on 3DS. You know when the fans are naming it a different thing collectively? Yeah. That you really messed up on the name. Yeah, that was... Um, I, don't, I remember playing it thinking, like, I just, I feel like I've played this game before. Like, I, this, is, this does nothing for me. But this one, and I was so on the fence about even getting it. I remember thinking, like, I'm, I'm just going to have another one of these experiences where I play, like, a few matches, and I think I feel like I've played this game before, and I put it down, and I never pick it up again. But I played the hell out of it. I'm not exactly sure why. Maybe I'm just more into gaming and into Nintendo right now, because I'll get on to this in a bit, but I think the Switch is the best console Nintendo's had since the 64. I'd probably agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I know sales would probably tell you that the Wii or something was is the best one they've had. Oh, yeah, but the Wii by far made the most money. Yeah, but that was not what real gamers wanted. Like they didn't want motion controls. No. And yeah, okay, there were a few good games on it, but like I think that the Xbox and the PlayStation were way better. And the GameCube, I actually think, was pretty underrated. But it, it probably, I don't. Know, I'm going back a bit there. I don't quite know what the deal was there. Um, with with why it sold so poorly, GameCube but. was just kind of weird because you know it had 
its weird controller for starters, and then it also had those really small discs. It did, yeah. Like it was the only all the other ones were just going to like DVDs, and then Nintendo's like, we have little discs. Well, DVD was a big thing back then, and the fact that you could get a DVD player and a game console in one was massive. Yeah, that exactly. was like because the Xbox was my first DVD player, like for me. Um, so yeah. I mean, it wasn't for you, was it? Um, no, it wasn't for me, but like it was my first. It was my first time, and like the PlayStation Two was probably a lot of people's first DVD players as well. Hmm. Yeah, right. So like the GameCube really missed out in that sense. Um, but but yeah, all these years later, the Switch, I think, just the way you can go from handheld to docked, and there's so and, many good games on it, and it's so like, easy to do it too. Like you just plug it in or you pick it up, and then you've gone from docked to handheld. And in terms of power, I know it's not as powerful as the other two, but only in as much as I mean, I don't know that much about all of that stuff but I, I it hasn't bothered me at all like I've I've all the games that I've run on it have run fine like all the graphics are great like there's nothing wrong with the Smash Brothers graphics or no. or or um, you know Mario Odyssey or anything like that like all the graphics in all those games are fantastic so I guess on like the games that are like ported over from like like Doom probably doesn't look that good it then, probably doesn't look as good um, I wouldn't get a Switch to play Doom no That's I wouldn't well you know the new Mortal Kombat's coming out and I, I don't. As much as I would like to get it on the Switch, just in terms of it's so easy to play with multiplayer. Like if I come over here, I can just bring my own Switch. So yeah. you know, um, my saves will be are the saves on the Switch or on the cartridge. I'm actually not. I think you, there is cloud saves okay. for Switch. So I assume. Right, well, let's, let's just say that it's let's just say that it's on the switch itself. Well, I can just bring my switch over. It's really easy. I've got a little carry case. I don't have to unplug it all. Like it's easy. Yeah. I can just put it in your dock, and all of a sudden my saves there. And even if you don't have the game, we can all play it. You know. Yeah. And um, and you know, especially with Mortal Kombat, with character unlocks and you know, characters that you buy and things. It's like, like that. super convenient just it's to bring it. Over. Very convenient, and you've got two Joy Cons. Uh, that'd be terrible to play Joy Cons yeah. with, but you know, worst case scenario, you can play with those. I've got the Pro Control. Like, there's just so many different ways to play it, and it's so easy to move around. And they really nailed it, Nintendo, with that. So that's why I'm thinking, even though it's not as powerful and might not look as good, I may get Mortal Kombat on the Switch. Yeah, I think that'd be fair enough. I mean, the Switch is like what the Wii U really wanted to be, I think. Yeah. Just in that sense, because it's like perfectly handheld, docked, whatever, sitting on the couch playing it, sitting wherever and playing it. Really good just to play it with friends, you know, in a party kind of setting. Like, you know, every time we're together with our cousins, you know, we're playing Smash Brothers because yeah. it's just so easy to set up and go. I was going to say that as well. Um, Smash Brothers is such a good multiplayer. I mean, I'm not saying anything new here. Yeah, but no. <laughs> this this new one in particular, I find, is just great. Like, I when I was at um, Mark and Paul, our cousin's place, um, uh, the other day, like, we would just, every now and then, we'd just have a few um, Smash battles, you know? It's, yeah. just, it's just easy to pick up and play. And, and it's easy for a new person to pick up and play, too. I just love the mechanics of it. Yeah, it's like recent, like... If you can teach someone to hold a direction and press B, they can probably play. Yeah, and not that that's new. Like, that's been the way it has been since the first one. But it's, I don't know. There's so much content in this new one. There's so many characters, and there's more coming out, too. Like, there's the guy from Joker from Persona 5. We've already got the Piranha Plan. Yeah, did you download I haven't downloaded him. I downloaded him. I think I missed getting the free version of him, so I have to pay for him. But that's fine. Yeah, I don't think it's that much, but I, I yeah, he's he's all right. I've used him a couple of times. Um, 
And yeah, there's four more, I think, that they're going to announce. I wouldn't be surprised if they announce more after that in a new pack or something. I hope they do. Yeah, I hope they do. I hope they support it for a while because it seems like a lot of people really like it. Yeah, people love it. I'm I'm sure it's selling like crazy. I mean, the, the highest selling Smash game of all time is Brawl. And that was on the Wii. And the Wii is the highest selling Nintendo console of all time. So that just that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The Wii U one sold awfully. I think this one's already surpassed the Wii U yeah, one. But that that's again, not that, hard to do. Yeah, but that, that wasn't the game. That was more the console which yeah, sold awfully. The, the Wii U is like just a tragedy. <laughs> yeah, it is a tragedy. Um, and so this one's selling like crazy. So I wouldn't be surprised if it... I don't actually know what the numbers are off the top of my head. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if this one surpassed the um, the one on... The one on the the Wii. This is how bad the Wii U was. Uh, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, which is the Wii, which is the Switch version of Mario Kart Eight, has now sold much more than it, the Wii U version did. Jeez. That's well, um yeah, and the re-releasing new Mario Brothers Wii pretty much well because Deluxe so many people onto the Wii uh, onto the Switch now. Because obviously because the sales were so low, so many people didn't get the Wii U. And, thing, and there was a lot of good games on the Wii U. There were a lot of good games, but people like, just missed out on yeah. them because you're not going to buy a whole console for one game yeah. or two games. Honestly, and you know, they've announced Mario Maker 2, which yes. I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I am i don't think that's not for me, but I can definitely see the appeal. So I that'll think, sell yeah. really well. I think it's also kind of gets that same niche with Smash of just being like a good game to play with people because you yeah. can like find some random map someone's made and just like hand the control around see who can beat this hard map kind of thing yeah yeah that's oh you're right yeah that that would have a really good um like group sort of yeah. couch play thing going on that would be really good so yeah i don't know i, I won't get it myself but i'll but definitely come over and play i could get it yes and then exactly. i can just bring my switch and then if you've already got yours there i can just put mine into the dock yes and we're good to go perfect yeah that well as we said before so i think i'm very very happy with my switch i i think it's yeah as i said the best Nintendo console that I've owned since the 64 and I loved my 64 so I mean it's a bit too early in its run to it's also difficult to compare a the 64 and the Switch they're just so yeah, different they're very different so many years apart it's a very different like ecosystem for gaming it is and I was a different person back then I was what how old was I when that came out eight yeah, exactly Nine? like I mean I can't like I can't like Things are all different. It's different, yeah. I think, like, the Switch has, like, really captured a certain market that people wanted. Like, because the PS4, Xbox One, and then, like, even PC, they always, they kind of, in a sense, cross the market on each other. With, like, PC kind of has its own niche because you get, like, you know, a lot of exclusives and modding and stuff. Yeah. Um, But then, you know, PS4 and Xbox, they kind of just. They capture the same market, I think, in a large sense. But the the, uh, the niche that the Switch has is very particular, and I think that's what makes it such a good console. Yeah, I agree. Um, did you hear... Now, I don't know the whole story on this, but now I think this is right. You're going to be able to play Xbox games on the Switch? Is that uh, right? Xbox Game exactly Pass? Sh- something that like, they're trying to bring it into the Switch in some way. I'm not entirely sure how it works. Do you think maybe Xbox will turn into a third-party developer? I think so. It kind of seems that way. Like, um, there seems to be this big push for Microsoft to kind of make Xbox Live its own separate kind of service that goes across multiple things. Like, it goes across Xbox, and it'll go across PC, and maybe it'll go across your phone, and then it'll go across your Switch as well. Yeah. I think that's the kind of thing they're trying to build there. Could you imagine if they, like, combined forces? Like, how good that would... Uh, well, it's, it, maybe yeah. it does because I feel like 
The Xbox One might be the last Xbox console. I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that. And I think then Microsoft might just kind of just commit to like their own kind of brand of thing. And that might be working with you know, PC and maybe with the Switch as well. Yeah. And maybe Sony if Sony plays nice. I don't think they will. They yeah, seem to be know. at each other all the time. Those they two. do. And, you know, people... Like, there was a whole thing about cross-play with um, Sony not wanting to play ball or whatever. Was that with Fortnite? Uh, that Fortnite was the big one. There's a few others that are like that. I've never played Fortnite. Uh, I've played it a bit. It's not really for me. Yeah. But I keep hearing these stories about the kids that are just completely addicted to it. Like, because my um, girlfriend's a primary school teacher. Yeah, yeah so and, she probably... Well, she, apparently all... Well, not all of them, but a lot of the kids are just obsessed with it. And, like, there are kids that just play it all the time. Yeah. And they're talking and You can about play it, it on your time. phone as well. Like, you can play it everywhere. Yeah. It is. That's, like... I would probably say Fortnite is like the Pokemon of like the 21st century. It's yeah. just like how big it is and how like widespread it is. Like most people know what Fortnite is if you start talking about it. like um yeah, I work at Maccas and like so if I see kids coming like young kids, sometimes they'll do like the Fortnite dances. Yeah, yeah. Just like while they're waiting around. Like one was doing it last night. Just like he's just doing his own thing. I remember on the AFL YouTube channel, they had a little competition where like five or six different players did different Fortnite dances. Yeah. Like, I can't remember one, but... The, the like, dances are such a big part of it, well, too. It's, it's massive. Like, everybody knows or has heard of it, at least. Like, I've yeah. never played it, but I know of it, you know? I and mean, so. like, um, that Twitch streamer Ninja, who's like, last year was probably the biggest Fortnite streamer around. He like was hosted. He was like hosting like the New Year's Eve party in New York and Times Square. Gosh, it was kind of cringe, but like, okay, yeah, it sounds a bit cringe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like that's the thing. Like, it just blew up everywhere. Like, it was all over Twitch phrase, and then now there's like the new contender coming in with Apex Legends. Have you heard about that? Oh, uh, that when you said it out loud, I was like, I've heard that before, but I don't know anything. It's about basically, it. um, you know, remember Titanfall? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, where did that go? Um, well, there was Titanfall two. Okay. It didn't sell very well. But people are like, oh, Titanfall 2, love that game. Everyone should play it. But um, So the developer, Respawn Entertainment, um, just like a few weeks ago, out of nowhere, they just dropped this new Apex Legends, which is like, it's based off like the Titanfall universe somewhat, and it's based off that engine. Um, and like, it's a battle royale game like Fortnite. So you drop in against, I forgot how many are in it, but like you're in a squad of three, okay. always squads of three. And, like, you know, it has all those same kind of mechanics. A few different ones. Like, the big mechanic, I would say, in it is that you can revive someone after they've died. Yeah. Because, like, in Fortnite and, like, PUBG, once you're dead, you're out. You can't come back in. So, how long do you have to wait on the sidelines before the next game? Um, well, you can just leave if you don't want to wait to be right. But, like, if you're playing, like, with a group of people you know, like, if two of you die, that third person can go and they can get you guys back into the game. Oh, okay. So is it like, um, like Call of Duty sort of, where you're down and someone can pick you up? Uh, there is that, but then like once you're actually dead, there's um like little re- revive pods that you can go to, and you can bring that person back into the game. Oh, okay. But yeah. until that happens, or if that happens, you're yeah. just what and then, sitting there. Yeah. And then the other big mechanic is like there's different legends, which are like different playable characters that have unique abilities in it, kind of thing. Yeah. So like one of them is Wraith, who's really popular, and she has like this passive ability where, like, it'll she'll tell you information, like, someone's aiming at you. And you won't be able to see them, but you'll know, like, oh, I better, like, duck. 
Okay, but that, that's sort of been in other games, hasn't it? I thought that yeah, was in like Overwatch. and Yeah, but like not in the Battle Royale setting. Oh, okay. Right. There was another game a while ago, Realm Royale, which had a similar mechanic, but that game died off pretty quickly. So are you really getting into this Apex? Um, not really. The first game I played of it, I won. Okay. <laughs> and then that was kind of my peak. So All right. I haven't touched too much of it, but like that's really popular, especially on Twitch. Okay. Like, you know, all the streamers love their BR games. So that's been blowing up there, and yeah. well, we'll see where that goes. But I don't think it'll dethrone Fortnite because Fortnite, I think, is pretty just king king of them all at the moment. But we'll see. Yeah, I think. What about well, okay? Well, what about Overwatch? Because you said earlier that you want to talk about this, and I want to hear about it. Um, mm-hmm. The Overwatch League has is that just still as popular as it was Overwatch, or does it have its own little niche market? Um, Overwatch, it's definitely. Like, its peak was probably, like, mid-2017, I would say. Like, its peak is, like, a game and people playing it. Okay. It still has a lot of people still playing it regularly. And, like, with the Overwatch League, it's apparently pulling in bigger numbers in terms of viewership this year than it was this time last year. Yeah. Which is pretty good. And, you know, they've got all these exclusive deals. Like, they have Coca-Cola as a sponsor. They have Mm -hmm. State Farm, which is an insurance firm in the U.S. They have... You know, it's on Disney XD and ESPN sometimes. Oh, wow. So, there's probably, like, millions and hundreds of millions of dollars yeah, pumping like, through this. there's a lot of money going into this. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so that the second season started a few weeks ago. It's been pretty crazy so, so far. Okay, second season. So, as in, like, season of, a like, a league. Yeah. Okay, Because that's, right. yeah, the Overwatch League, it's... A league. Yep, yep. Okay, all right. So when you said second season, that made it sound like, like a TV show or something. Yeah, true. Like I, I guess you. you would say. Well, because like last year, like, it's the inaugural season. Okay, so now right. it's just the second season. Okay, okay, all right. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you remember, I probably told you about, there's that team that went 40 games without winning a single one last year. Was it something Fireballs? Chinese Fireballs? China the Fireball? Shanghai Dragons. Shanghai Dragons. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay, I got that completely wrong. They've won a game now. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, okay. They, um, was it the first game of the season? No. It okay. was that, It was their third game. Okay. All right. Um, Did they, they go nuts? <laughs> yeah, people went pretty crazy. Um, it was weird because they beat the Boston Uprising, which was one of the original teams. So there was originally 12 teams. Now there's 20. Um, but like at the like a, a five days before the season started, the um, Boston Uprising announced... We're trading one of our players to the Shanghai Dragons. Okay. And then we're bringing up another um, player from our, you know, like our uh, academy team. Yeah. And so then when it gets to game day, it's like, you know, this player, Gamsu, it's like his revenge against his old team. Yeah. Because there's all these stories about how the management of Boston was pretty terrible mm. and not good. <laughs> so they lost the same day. There was um, that story about Robert Kraft going around about him getting um, charged on um, soliciting a prostitute or whatever. Oh, I don't know anything about this. Oh, that was like, it was the same day as that. But um, it's like they won and it was like this huge deal and everyone was too happy. And then just before we started recording, they won their second game ever. So wow. now they're on a two, they're on a two streak, two wins. It's streak. funny how that happens in like other sports as well. Like, uh, not that I'm trying to steal the topic away from you, but I remember Fremantle back in 2001, because I'm a footy nerd and I know these sorts of things, um, mm. lost the first 18 games of the season. It's pretty but bad. then finally won in round 19 against Hawthorne and then the very next week beat Adelaide or something like that. So after being completely hopeless and, not, <laughs> and they weren't even getting close to winning and they finally won a game and then won the one after that. Um, yeah. I guess they just get into 
form, that win gives them confidence, and it's oh, yeah. probably happening Momentum. with I think what's it's the team, team again. I was going to call the them Chinese Shanghai Dragons. <laughs> there is a team out there called Chinese Fireball, isn't it? Isn't it? Probably somewhere, not an Overwatch League. No. Oh gosh, no. I know what this is. This, <laughs> this is a Quidditch team. <laughs> Like a like a fictional team or something. It no, it's a broom. The Chinese fireball. Oh, that's right. No, it's a dragon. It's a dragon. It's definitely a Harry Potter thing. It it's might... a Harry Potter. Like, I think it's a dragon. The Chinese fireball. Isn't there, I went from Quidditch. To isn't there broom a broom that has dra- a name like that? Oh, is it a thunderbolt or something? There's a comet two sixty. I don't know. I know that I t- comet two sixty Quidditch. No, Quidditch 2000. Nimbus 2000, <laughs> Nimbus 2001, Firebolts. That's probably okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Then there's... Um, because I remember in... Uh, there was two... The, the Quidditch through the ages, there was... They listed... Well, JK Rowling listed all the different teams, um, I think, in the British League. So why would Chinese Fireball be a team? No, I think the Chinese Fireball is a dragon. I'm pretty that sure. That sounds right. There was a few different... There was like the Ukrainian something as well. There was a Hungarian Horntail. I remember that one. Uh, I don't remember the names of the others. Yeah. Norwegian Ridgeback. I don't know whether that was actually in the task, but it was. it's a dragon. Right. It, that's Norbert from the first one. Okay. What's the one that Harry goes up against? Uh, I think that's the Hungarian Horntail. Oh, that's the scary one. That's the, the the worst one. Right. I think. like As in, like, the scariest. Yeah. Yeah. So, you were right. Yeah. <laughs> The most aggressive, nasty one. Hungarian mm. Horntail. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was that. All right, well, that's not very good for Harry. Chinese Fireball. Yes, yes, it's definitely a dragon. Yep. Yeah. Um, just right, going sorry. back to the thing. Yes, um, That's the thing, though. When Because it is like a sports league, you know. Teams change their rosters all the time. There's very few players from that team, that from the players that went 0 and 40, there's very few of them left. I think there's three of them. Oh, well, there you go. It's a completely different yeah, team. Yeah, it is. And like they picked up a lot of good players... And like, but still, they did lose those first two map, those two games, and people were like, "Oh, it's the same old Shanghai Dragon, still just as terrible as ever." Then, as soon as they won that game, they're like, "Big deal! They're a completely different roster now." Yeah, yeah. Like, I always knew they were going to win. Like, no, you didn't. Yeah, that's the mental that that sort of stuff is in sport worldwide. Yeah. People always do that. Everybody's an expert in hindsight. Yeah, yeah. But do, um, yeah. For esports, there's another big esport event going on. You just probably don't know about it. Um, I'll just mention it briefly because it's pretty, it's pretty popular. Um, Counter Strike Global Offensive. You heard of that? Yeah? I know what Counter Strike is, but yeah. I don't know. Anything um, well, else. there's the big major on at the moment in Poland, and like so, every year there's uh, two majors, yep. and so there's a bunch of miners that you know decide who goes to them, and so this is like the big one. And like uh, the reason I just mentioned it is because um, there's a team. Renegades, who I think four out of five of their players are all Australian, and they made it to like the semi-finals. So I thought that was pretty cool because usually Australians don't have a lot of good luck when it comes to esports, but they yeah. got pretty far this time. I think they're out now. Is this like because um, you mentioned before trading and things like that? Mm. So is there like a transfer period, like in the off season or something? Uh, for Overwatch League, yes, there is. Uh, this actually. They kind of changed how transfers work, I think, but like I don't think you can sign a player now, but yeah. they can't play until a certain time in the future, like not for a few months. Okay. When all like off-season trades are now, like see, trades that happen now, they you, know, you can't play for a bit. So it's just say for example, like the Houston Outlaws. Outlaws could sign a team from the Shanghai uh, sorry, sign a player from the Shanghai Dragons, let's say. 
now, but they wouldn't be able to play for them until it's like six months' time or something uh, like I that. I think if it's between teams, I think they can do it whenever. Okay. But I think it's if they're bringing from someone outside the league, then it has to wait a bit. So is that like a draft system? Or? There isn't a draft system. Oh, a lot no of draft. people want there to be a draft system, but a lot of people are like, oh, we don't need a draft system. Well, I think the point of the draft from... Well, from what I know from other sports, is that it it does it sort of evens up the league. So the team that finishes on the bottom, for example, might get the number one draft pick, yeah. and through that they might be able to be better. And then in a few years of finishing on the bottom, you know, you you mm. stack up your draft picks, and all of a sudden you've got a good team. But the problem with that um, is that teams that have a lot of money get sort of hamstrung by it and they're not allowed to use their money to advantage, right. at least not as much as they'd like to. So I think that probably... Yeah. It's like it's kind of like if you don't start with that, I could see why it would be very difficult to convince people to go there. Yeah, and I think you also... I think millions of dollars. Another thing is like you need like an actual players union or whatever to actually get a draft working properly. Yeah. Because I think that's a thing in a lot of other like major sports. Yeah, well, I don't know exactly how all of that works with like the AFL, for example, but um, there's a players association and everything. I think that somehow feeds into how the draft works. I'm not sure. When the draft came into a, into the AFL, it was back when there wasn't a, a nearly as much money in it. Like players still had part time jobs when the draft was was right. introduced. I think I don't I can't remember when the first draft was. It might have been in '89 or something like that. Like it was a long time ago, um, but. Yeah, now, it's funny with the, no, I don't want to really change the subject too much from you, but like the, I just, I was going to say draft picks are so overrated. Like <laughs> sometimes, like how, like I remember they were talking about this on trade radio. This was a, um AFL trade radio where they talked about trades oh, really? during the trade period. They talk about trades on there? Yeah, they do. Oh, wow. Uh, player movement. And uh, they were um, they were discussing the number one draft pick and just how often the number one draft pick actually turned out to be the best player from that draft. And it's just so rarely does that actually happen. Like, everyone knows Dustin Martin, right? Probably most mm. knowable, I mean, knowable, known footballer right now. But he was taken pick three. Now, that's a high pick, but pick one was Tom Scully. And pick two was Jack Trengove. Now, if you know, if you do follow football, you probably know who Tom Scully is. Um, you don't follow football, no, so but I do know the name. You know the name, right? So he played for Melbourne, GWS, and now he's at Hawthorne. But and he's a good player, but he's not like a superstar or anything like that. And then Jack Trengove actually, he had a few inju- injuries, and now he's he's been delisted. He doesn't even play anymore. You know, so Dustin Martin, pick three, infinitely better than the first two. Um, but of course, he probably wasn't the number one junior, and uh, and that's the thing. Like they pick all these seventeen, eighteen year olds who you know you're going by potential, but I mean you don't really know what's going to happen. Right. So so and it, like Buddy Franklin, pick five. You know he's better than the four guys that came before him. I mean obviously pick five is a high pick, but uh, it's just sort of like if, as long as you've got a pick in the top ten. You know, you, you're a good chance of getting a very good player. But, you know, there have been picks, players that have been picked really high that have turned out really doing not much at all. Or well, I think just been maybe the players. best example of that kind of thing is from a different sport, from um, you know, Gridiron in the US, Tom Brady. Yeah. He was like, he was the last draft pick for that year, wasn't he? They, oh, they go, because with the AFL, like the last pick's usually like 70 or 80 or something like that. Their Correct. picks go to like nearly like well into the near, almost 200, I think. Yeah, so he, he was, it was like 191 or something. Yeah, something like that, the last pick, and he turned out to be well, one of the best yeah, players of all time. Yeah, he's the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
Yeah. Did you watch the Super Bowl? Uh, I watched the end of it. I managed to catch the end of it. I watched the whole game and I, it was probably... Look, I was just happy to watch... Because I always say to myself every year, oh, I'm going to take the day off and watch the Super Bowl and I never do. And every year my team, the Patriots, makes it. And I thought, no, this year I'm going to do it because, like, uh, like one day they're not going to be making like there'll be a time when the Patriots aren't that good and they're not making the Super Bowl anymore. <laughs> so um, I thought, okay, I'll watch it. And uh, it was actually one of the worst games of the season. I heard it I was pretty understand. sleeper. Like just kind of um, like well, it was thirteen to three was the final <laughs> score. Right. Like that, like one team didn't score one touchdown and they didn't lose by that much. Like that's how much that's how low scoring it was. So yeah, but look, I was happy that the Patriots won. Um, I mean, I don't follow them that closely, but yeah, I guess I'm a Patriots fan, and uh, and only through I don't know why I started following them because I'm not. I could definitely see that they're the sort of team that uh, a lot of bandwagoner sort of. Yeah, I think people. they're also the team everyone loves to hate. It seems like. Yeah, well, that's the thing because they're really good. It's like Hawthorne are a team that everybody loves to hate, and yeah. so are Collingwood and Collingwood, although you know probably are more famous now for making grand finals and losing them. They do have a lot of history and that's probably why they've got a lot of there's a lot of hate for them and people hate like the Lakers and all right. All the popular teams like, yeah. the Yankees like if you're a really popular team that's had a lot of success Manchester United something like that yeah. um then you guarantee everyone will hate you. And you always kind of assume the most of the fans are just bandwagon. Yeah, that's what you assume. Although of course those teams always tend to have like those really hardcore Fans had been fans for a really long time as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then a lot of people find those fans obnoxious, so then they also don't like them. That's true, yeah. I mean, look, I, in the Premier League, um, I go for Liverpool. And Liverpool, uh, I think there was a time when they were kind of the bandwagon team, like back in the 70s, 80s, that sort of era. But Liverpool haven't been very good for a long time. They haven't won a title since, I think, 1990. And... Soccer's like with the Premier League. There's only like well now there's six big clubs, but for a long time there were only four. So to not win the title for for that long, you know, like thirty pretty years, significant. That's pretty significant. That just shows that they've come close a few times, and even now they're actually on top of the table. There's only ten games to go, but you know. They haven't done it yet, so we'll see what happens. Anyway, um, let's actually talk about some movies because this podcast oh, yeah. is called <laughs> the Movie Lab. Uh, I made a few notes. Um, what are your notes? For this pod- well, I just wanted to talk about... Uh, well, maybe we'll talk about what we've been watching recently. Um, have you been watching many films? How many, have you seen any films this year? Um, when did this year start? The, only re- the last film start? I saw was um, Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man into oh, okay, Spider-Verse, yeah. Which, that came out a little while ago. That was, I did see that? it this year, though. Uh, I really liked that film. I yep. actually I loved that film. That was... Like, I did not expect it to be as good as it was. I was really happy with it. Yeah, I. it looked interesting to me, but I just wasn't... I, d- I wasn't interested enough to get in my car and drive all the way to a yeah, movie theatre. The main like appeal for it to me to want to see it was just like the animation. I thought the animation yeah. was really cool, but it turns out the writing as well, I thought was pretty well done. Mm. As far I, as, you know, superhero movies tend to be kind of not greatly written and don't tend to have a lot of emotional beats i found this film to actually have quite a few good emotional beats in it well a lot of superhero movies sort of have their own tropes and they follow those tropes pretty strictly so um you know yeah uh, i think this was also a film that like let it embrace and kind of subvert its own tropes in a way just because like the subject matter well i think i mean look the thing about some of these uh animated 
films is because I'm not a big fan of Pixar. And I see all the time Pixar is getting like 90 plus on Rotten Tomatoes and everybody's loving it and they're winning Academy Awards and things mm. like that. They didn't win see- this year though. No, they didn't. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse one. But like I always, I see these films after hearing, you know, what was it? Oh, a really good example of this was... Um, it was something to do with animals, and they... Well, they're all about animals that talk, but uh, what was it? Animal... It was like a bunny, and she was like a, a police officer. Oh. Um, I forgot what it's called. I forgot what it's called. Farm? No, not no, Farmville. Farm. That's a game. Um, Zootopia. Zootopia, that's the one. Um, and I heard about how fantastic it was, and it was really clever and everything, and I saw the film, and I just thought... Um, it was exactly like all these other Pixar films. It, it's just like, it's not... I mean, I guess it's clever. If you're trying to send kids a good message, then yes, it's sending a good, clever, insightful message about racism. That was the real... That right. was the main um, message that it had to send. It had a lot of inside messages about racism that were important for kids to learn. So in that sense, it's clever. But if you're an adult, it's a pretty dumbed-down message that you've heard a hundred times yeah. before it's not really that and it's you know, not it's, super nuanced it's just like no you know racism pretty bad yeah so i would say that that's why i think i could look at a film like that and say okay critically you could say all right well the animation's really good the concept's really cool you know the characters are really nice you know it's, it's it, you know it's fun and um you know and it has a really good message for kids so as a kids movie you know Nine out of ten, ten out of ten. I I get that, but as an adult, I don't really see the appeal. I guess maybe I'm not as um, uh, bedazzled by the cuteness of all yeah. the little fuzzy. Characters. I guess it's the other thing when um like when a reviewer is reviewing it, they kind of, I guess they want to like say it's really good and it's like, I don't, it's I guess it would be hard to review it because it's like, it might be really good in all these ways. But it is also a kids' film fundamentally, especially because I think it's um, Zootopia was a Disney film, and yeah, Pixar is uh, like we don't make it, kids' don't, films; we make. I'm not sure Zootopia was films. a Disney film. I think it was. I don't think it was Pixar. No, but the, Pixar is Disney. Yeah, but there's like still a very clear divide between oh, like, okay, their right. philosophies because like Pixar always kind of like we don't make kids' films; we make films for everyone, kind of thing. Yeah, which look, I mean, I'm the minority. I can definitely see that because a lot of adults like you know. Finding Dory or whatever the hell, so, and, and Frozen and all that. So I, I'm definitely in the minority there. But I feel every time I watch one of those films, I feel like this is not made for adults. That's just how I feel. But clearly, I'm different. Well, I, I don't think I didn't get that kind of vibe from Spider Man. I just um, into the Spider Verse. Got to yeah. get the full name. Mm-hmm. I just got. It was kind of just a. I think it was like a film for fans of Spider Man kind of thing. Yeah. Like it's like obviously you can show it to your kid, but like I think it works well enough that you can still. It's not like dumbed down in a sense. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I guess those, though, that sort of, um, like where I was going with all that kids movie, my mentality towards it was probably one of the reasons why I was kind of avoiding it. I think if you, you know, see it like on a streaming service, I think just maybe give it a watch one day. Yeah. It is like, at the very least, it's a very nice film to look at. All right. So, so you well, can always just enjoy it for that. I might give it a go. Um, now, I have been watching, well, I saw, I actually saw four movie five movies this week that's a lot of, that's a gosh that's not, almost not a movie none of them in cinemas by the way okay fair enough but um i saw well the first one i saw was velvet buzzsaw have you heard Never of that heard of it. okay that came out this year uh, it's not, uh, straight to netflix it has okay. jake gyllenhaal in it yep. and i can't remember who else and um that's it's it, it's got a really good trailer 
it's worth watching the trailer. Like you just think, what is this movie? It's um, it's kind of a um offbeat horror slash offbeat comedy slash. I probably put it strongly into those. The, probably the two strongest genres that it represents. So an offbeat comedy and an okay. offbeat horror. Um, and the trailer at first seems like an offbeat comedy, and then all of a sudden it just launches into all this horror stuff. And you're like, "What is this?" So I was really excited to watch it because it, it just looked fantastic. It was, it's about this um, art gallery, and at some stage uh, someone finds this um, art, and uh, the art that finds this art that a, an old man who who's recently died had in his home, and the art's so striking they start putting it up in the gallery, and they soon start to find that the art actually. Uh, can come alive and kill people. So there are a lot of messages in it that I, I'm not going to go into because it's a bit spoilery. But, um, it, yeah, it wasn't that great. The, the the trailer was much better than the film. It was one of those. Uh, yeah, I okay. thought it was a little disappointing. It was all right. So um, was it a Netflix original? Or yeah. Just, okay. Uh, well, I mean, what do you mean by that? Like it, it, Netflix made it, produced it, put it for their own thing? or I don't know if that's the case, but it, I know it just, only came Or they just out. picked it up. I'm not sure, okay. but it's only come out on Netflix as far as I know. Um, so I saw that. That was okay. I watched a few old... Oh, no, I saw another film that came out this year, uh, Fire. Have you heard of the Fire Festival and all that drama? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there's a documentary, again, straight on Netflix called Fire, which is about the, the how that all started, what happened, and the fallout. And, yeah, that was a great documentary. I wasn't really expecting a whole lot from Wasn't it. Wasn't it made by... Well, in part by one of the organisers of the festival. The film? Yeah. I don't know. You know more about these films than I do. I, just, like, I, I don't know. You hear things. I hear things, yeah. I guess. You've got your finger on the pulse. But I'm not actually looking. Yeah, you're not. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a really good documentary. I definitely recommend it to pretty much anyone. Um, if you don't know about the Fire Festival... Uh, there's actually, if you don't want to see the film, if you can't be bothered with the film, but you want to learn about it. There's a really good YouTube video by Internet Historian, um, the Internet Historian. Oh, I, I think I've watched a few of his videos. Yeah, he's got a really good video on the Fire Festival. It was just this uh, music festival that was supposed to be on a private island that promised all these really extravagant, just just, just promised this amazing experience with luxury accommodation and all these really famous bands and you know music artists. Yeah. And uh, food and all sorts of stuff, but they just totally messed it up. They lied to all their investors and and couldn't afford and couldn't manage. They didn't have the time or, or, or the budget to to actually put this show on. So they ended up with these really terrible, crappy tents, and uh, and it rained like crazy the night before. So all the mattresses inside were wet. They didn't have enough food. They didn't have enough, enough toilets. None of the artists. I don't think any of the artists actually rocked up for it. So it just turned into this like, and everyone's luggage was just all over the place. So it just turned into this like Lord of the Flies type scenario, and it was crazy. Like it's it's really worth watching the um the documentary. Yeah, I kind of remember when like it actually happened. Yeah, yeah. it was, it was like, only like 2017. Yeah, and like. It was like blew up like you know you'd see like people posting photos from and everything and all these crazy stories. Well, <laughs> like, now with the avenue of the internet, you can find like, out about well, everything really quickly. Yeah, and so. like how like people just like went crazy pretty quickly or whatever. Yeah, look, I don't want to spoil too much more of that film, but it's worth watching. Okay. Um, and then the other one I saw was about a boy. Have you seen that? Is that the film? name of the film, or was that just what it was about? No, it's <laughs> it's the name of the film. It's also about a boy. Uh, that's the Hugh Grant's best film. I'd say that 
I can't really think of any other Hugh Grant film that I like, so I think that's <laughs> probably not much of a compliment. But I really love that film. I hadn't seen it in a long time. I've also read the book, which I like. So, oh. yeah, really good, nice drama comedy. Oh. It's actually really funny. I actually laughed out loud several times. I never do that in movies. <laughs> oh. Like, I just, I don't know why, but I usually... Um, Is it a pretty, pretty easygoing kind of film? Uh, yeah, it's easygoing. Um yeah, I would say it's easy going. That's a good way to describe it. I think what makes it funny is it actually has really good characters that you care about. So when and there's some tragedy in it, in it as well. Right. So when the funny things happen, it makes it all the more funny. It's like that movie Sideways. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, you I talk, find you, that you, lo- you talk about that film a lot. A lot, yeah. Um, and, and that I find really funny. Even though a lot of that film, most of it's quite depressing. But that makes the funny scenes more funny. You know, if you get characters that you care... This is the difference between that and something like The Hangover, where, you know, yeah. oh, we're really drunk and... Uh, oh, they're so all kind of terrible and, people. Yeah, and I really... can't remember where I am and, oh, my tooth's missing. Like, you know, like, that's just stupid. Like, and that's like the sort of thing that morons do. Right? You know, again, I guess I'm in the minority. <laughs> I sound like a grumpy old man when I talk about things like this because I'm definitely in the minority. And people my age love that film. Like, that film went nuts. People went mm. nuts for that movie. I think that's a pretty common thing in a lot of comedies. It's just like, it's centered around terrible people doing terrible things. Yeah, I mean, look, and I don't even hate the movie The Hangover. Like, it's fine. Like, it, it's probably better than a lot of other comedies, to be honest. Um, even though, like, the idea of getting really drunk and making a fool of yourself, I don't think is really that funny. No. Once you get past, I don't know, like, 21. I don't <laughs> think that's that sort of thing is very funny. But, yeah. Um, yeah, the other film I saw last night, I saw two films last night, back to back. Ooh, movie night. I know. Um, the first one I saw, you might have heard of this, it's called uh, Manos, The Hands of Fate. Vaguely. Yeah. I, that name rings a bell. Uh, it was made in, I think, 66, but I might be wrong about that. It's, uh, one of, it's considered one of the worst movies ever made. And, Who's uh, the director? Oh, I forgot his name. Um, I can look it up. Yeah, I'll look it up. He, um, he's the... Uh, what are you mm. doing there? Nothing. Nothing. Um, he's the yeah. It's just this awful film. It it it's sort of the room sort of like cult following or buzz about it. Uh, it's I'm just looking it up now. Manos, the hands, the Manos, so, the hands of fate. Sixty six is when it was made. Okay. Directed by uh, Harold P. Warren, who actually passed away some time ago. I think in the eighties he passed away. And people found out about this film. I think. Oh, so he yeah he directed it, produced it, and started. And started. It. Yes, yes. And uh, so like kind of like a Tommy Wiseau type right. scenario. Uh, the film's awful. It's actually the rooms are much better made film. Than, the room is watchable. It's terrible, but it's watchable. Well, it's a movie. You yeah. know, this is more like there are so many times when. Like he just doesn't edit. Like he just edit. <laughs> like the the, the character. Like there'd be so many. This happens like pretty much every line in the movie is a big pause, and then they say their line, and then another big awkward pause where the camera sort of lingers on them. Like, and and there are moments where you almost see the actors kind of like, is that it? Like he just didn't say cut. <laughs> like, he obviously just didn't say cut early enough, and he obviously didn't cut his film. <laughs> no, um, and there are some. The, the music's so repetitive. It it oh it really grinds in your skull after a while. Um, so it wasn't a good experience. It was funny at first, but I'd say the first twenty five minutes were funny. But after that, it's like you know the joke 
wears thin and now it's just bad and I just wanted to end and we finally got through I finally got through I really wanted to see it to the end was it a long so, film? no it's actually very short it's about an hour and ten minutes Oh, and yeah. you know it's bad if those drag yeah yeah it felt long I was, it was, I was really looking at the clock and some people might say why didn't you just stop it but I don't know I don't like I want to say that I've seen the film and I don't feel like you're qualified to say that if you only watched the first 20 minutes and then turned it off you know, like I right. wanted to see. I hadn't even seen because the character Manos doesn't even come out until at least halfway through. So <laughs> I wanted to at least get that. Yeah, to get he's in the title. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, it, it's just it's totally incompetent in every way. And I'm not a filmmaker, you know. Um, but I think this is a big coming for me because I'm not a filmmaker. I have no experience in that really, other than like VCE short film. But I think I could make a better film than that. You I don't think, think so? I think the average Joe could make a film better. I than think that. I'm going to take you up on that. Okay, well, we're going to get you to make a better film. Than I, that. Well, okay, well, I tell you what, I will say cut after the actors said their line, and I will edit away from them unless oh, wow. there's something else to look at. Well, that's you, you if you do that. <laughs> if you do that, you're already better than this film. Like that's how bad it was. I don't recommend it to anybody. I I tell you what, you could maybe. I'm sure there's a YouTube video with all the highlights of the worst bits. That's as far as I'd go. Okay. Yeah, it's well, I just because I looked up Wikipedia. Apparently, it was the film that Mystery Science Theater yes. three thousand premiered on. I was going to say that's how it got popular. Okay, um, so I I think that that show that's a shocking show. By the way, have you seen it? I haven't. I know a lot oh. of people really like that show. No, I don't like it. I someone put it on once, and I was just thinking, like, what is this? <laughs> like, they basically just watch a movie and they make jokes. Yeah, they just riff on it. Yeah, but none of the jokes are funny. They're just awful. <laughs> Look, in the episodes that I've seen, anyway. So yeah, uh, it's it's like they watch the whole movie. Anyway, I don't want to talk about mystery science, do you? Fair um, enough. So what was the other film you watched last night? The other film I watched last night was another really bad film oh. <laughs> um, called A Deadly Friend. Have you heard of this? No. This actually also has a little bit of a cult following for being a bad movie. Um, it's a Wes Craven film. Okay. And I actually the first time I saw it was when I was a kid. And it happened to be on Optus, because we used to have um, Optus TV back in the oh, day. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, we didn't have Foxtel, we had Optus. And uh, and I remember it was on in the middle of the day. I think I was sick that day or something. And I started watching it. I remember it scared the hell out of me, right? Well, okay, it didn't scare the hell out of me, but it scared me. Um, and it's ridiculous now looking at it. It's a, It's a movie about this guy who builds a robot and the robot's like his friend and unbeknownst <laughs> okay. to him the robot is actually quite lethal and will like there's a scene this is not spoiling much because it's literally the first thing that happens in the film um, some guy tries to break into his car while he's away the, the, this is the creator of the robot he's in a shop or something and some guy tries to create and in, break into the car and, and the robot tries to strangle him to death and then sees the owner coming back out and just sort of lets the guy go <laughs> So, you know, like he's clearly like a killing machine, but the, the creator doesn't know it. Anyway, um, his, he makes he moves into a new neighborhood and he makes friends with this girl and this guy and he kind of likes the girl. Anyway, then the girl dies and, he, and his robot is also destroyed. So he decides to bring the girl back to life by implanting the robot chip in her head. So now she's come back to life, but she's not her. It's not her anymore. She's like a weird half robot zombie sort of thing walking okay. around who's super strong and still has this lethal killing thing about her that the robot had. Um, 
So it's a pretty stupid idea, really. I mean, the whole idea... Yeah, I don't have to go into it, but it's actually a terrible movie. The, there's a really kind of popular scene that got popular through the internet, like a lot of things are, where um, this, where she throws a basketball at a lady's head. You might have... Oh! You've seen that I before, I think I'm I sure. have, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's probably the thing that people know from it. Um, but yeah, I look, that's a fantastic scene. <laughs> but it's actually... Re- this is the thing, actually... It's a terrible film, right? I'd say like 98% a terrible film. But there were a couple of moments that were actually really freaky. Like I actually jumped and um, and it's very gory too. Like there's some really full on... When was this made? Like the 80s or whatever? 80s, I think. That yeah. makes sense for the gore, I guess. Yeah. Like there's, the se- like there's um, some scenes where they're performing brain surgery and it's like pretty graphic, you know? Not mm. that that was particularly disturbing, but... You know, like that's they it's go full on. It. It's full on, and there's a scene where I mean, look, I, I I can see someone else looking at this and thinking that it's just stupid and funny, but there's a scene where she's where um she just out of nowhere just smashes out of this window, like jumps out and onto this guy, and um, it just prior to that she hadn't done anything like that. Like we didn't even know she was capable of that, and it just kind of came out of nowhere. And I and and she screams when she does it. It's like it was actually like made me jump. It was quite. It's quite freaky, actually. Yeah. But uh, that was probably, I'd say, the the two percent of the film that was good. Like, okay. The rest was pretty crap. So yeah, I, I I don't recommend either of those films. But you know, um, tonight I've got a watch list. Actually, can I just quickly pump through my watch sure list thing. of films that I want? So what see? was that last film called? Deadly Friend. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So these are the films that I want to see. I've got twenty two titles on my watch list. Now I've got another. I've got a separate watch list. I'll get onto that later. I'll pump through it quickly. So these are the films that I've been hanging around. I haven't gone around to that I want to see. Uh, VHS. Have you heard of that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Brawl in Cell Block Ninety Nine. Nope. Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. <laughs> the Breakfast Club. Yeah. Who Am I with Jackie Chan? Yeah. I've actually seen that before, but not you talked. Long time. You've talked about it a few times. Yeah. I. I remember I always said that was my favorite Jackie Chan film. I just think I haven't seen that in ages. I should watch it again. Don't look now. No. Okay. Um, Salo or the One Hundred and Twenty yep. Days of Sodom. No, that one. I told you about that. Yep. Dog Tooth. Body mm. Double. Nope. The Dead Zone. Caligula. The Poughkeepsie Tapes. Nope. Oh, I see. No, I do know that one. Uh, Highlander. Yep. Schindler's List. Yep. Dune. Dogs in Space. No. <laughs> um, that's an Australian film. Oh, okay. Uh, Wiener. No. That's a documentary. Not what you might think. Is it about uh, Anthony Wiener? Y- yes, it is. Oh, there you go. I'm surprised you know who that is. I don't actually think I do. I just know the name. Oh, you know the name. Okay. Um, Bone Tomahawk. No. Okay. Oh, Se- actually, I think I do. Seven. It's the same director as Brawl and Soul Block 99. Not sure. Um, Seven Psychopaths. Yep. Videodrome. The name rings a bell. Okay, here's a big one. Scarface. Which one? The first one. I didn't know there was another one. Like the one with... Um, Al Pacino. Because okay, that's actually technically a remake of an earlier gangster film. Oh, okay. From like the 30s. I've never seen Scarface. Really? So Yeah, I know. So I've got to do that. Uh, and The Guard. God, don't know that one. Okay, all right. On top of Scarface, I think it's a bit overrated. Okay. I, I've seen it a few times. I've never really cared for it. Okay. But that's, that's just me. What about VHS? Because I'm very interested in watching that one. Um, I think I watched it once a while ago. I 
didn't think it was very good. I watched a Chris Stuckman. Do you know Chris Stuckman? Yeah. Yeah, I watched a Chris Stuckman review and he loved it. And um, and I like him and I, you know, he, I probably share a lot of his opinions on films. So I, I, I'm going to check it out. Oh, fair enough. Um, okay, now I have another list. Now this is um, maybe a bit more interesting. These are films that I want to see this year that are coming out this year. Okay. All right, I'll talk a little bit about these in more detail. And you tell me if you know anything about them. And Will you have do. anything to say about them. Uh, the House That Jack Built. I know of it. Okay, it's so that Lars von Trier film. That's right. All right. Do you know much about Lars von Trier? He's kind of a weird dude. Is a, a, he made... He had those... Infomania. Yeah, and then those other two films were part of like a trilogy. Um, and, oh, what was it called? Uh, Antichrist. That's the one. Yeah. Um, so he's an art house director and he makes a lot of films that upset a lot of people and he's very polarizing. Like I always remember, remember David and Margaret, those two ABC yeah. Australian, I, Margaret, I think really liked him and David hated him. And that's just perfect because that's kind of like the reaction yeah. that he gets. Like all of his films get like a 60 on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. Like he's just very polarizing, which is right. not a bad thing. No, you know? it could be good. Well, it's- a lot of art house directors say that that's like, the prime spot. That's where you right. want to be. Because you're really like, hitting something. Yeah, you're hitting something. Yeah. Um, so you know, and he's just. I wouldn't say he's one of my favorites or anything like that. But it's just like a director when he makes a film. I I feel like I should go see it. Right. And kind of like N- Nicholas uh, Winding Refn, um, Drive and yeah. Only God Forgives. Though and Neon Demon. Like I don't. I think Drive is pretty much universally liked. Like that's actually pretty yeah. well received. But then his other films have been very polarizing. So same thing. I wouldn't. He's not one of my favorites, but I just like I. He's an interesting director that I feel like I should see his films. Yeah, of. fair enough. So yeah, the house that Jack built's about a serial killer, um, and it follows him over about I think a twelve year period or something. And um, if you watch the trailer, it's actually a really full on trailer. Like you can tell this film's going to be extremely violent. It got booed at the Cannes Film Festival, <laughs> but that's not. Look, so many films get booed at the Cannes Film Festival. Right. I don't know what kind of audience that draws, but I've heard of so many films getting booed at that festival. And of, yeah, I've never thought about the audience of it. Oh, um, well, I guess because like, then you don't have to. If you even if you go there, you don't have to see every film that's there. So. No, Swiss Army Man got booed. Yeah. Have you seen Swiss Army Man? No. I, I loved Swiss Army Man. Not everyone's cup of tea, but like that's the thing. I, I think that they're just the snobby audience. That maybe. I yeah. guess there's also a chance that maybe the boos get played up. Like maybe one person went boo and then someone, you know, wrote out like it was completely booed. Because then, you know, yeah. you can put that on your marketing. Like we were booed at the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah, but really it was very mild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so, God, I talked a lot about one film. Okay, we'll pump through the others a bit quicker. Uh, Welcome to Marween, or Marwen, not Marween. I've been calling it Marween, but actually it's M-A-R-W-E-N. Welcome to Marwen. I haven't heard of that one. That uh, was a Steve Steve Carell film. Okay. um, Where he's... Uh, he's basically, he's in some sort of incident where he's bashed up by a bunch of bikies or something, and... Uh, he made little figurines, little models for a living, and now he's like so bashed, like he can't do it properly or something like that. So now he's imagining in his own head like a, a fantasy world whereby these, I think these women come and protect him, and and it's it's all about him coming to terms with what happened and overcoming his fear. You know, right. he's quite a timid sort of guy, and um and and also recovering from the 
horrible bashing that happened. Uh, anyway, it looks really nice. Like I saw the trailer, I thought this looks like a really nice, light-hearted sort of. Um, <laughs> it doesn't sound light-hearted when I tell you. No, at all. If you see the trailer, it looks like a good, a feel-good sort of movie okay. where this guy overcomes adversity. Okay, just but, say- uh, it kind of tanked. Um, in America, and it had a release date in early Jan this year, and it just didn't. It got pulled from release, so I f- have a feeling it's going to come out like straight to DVD okay. at some point. But it's it's up in the air. Tanked in didn't make a lot of money, or didn't yeah, get good reviews. Both. Okay. Yeah. So I still want to see it, but um, I don't know when it's coming out here. All right. Um, but it's come and gone in America. Uh, Glass, I still haven't gotten around to seeing that. No, I haven't either. I'm not really interested in that. I'm Yeah, I'm not that interested either. I, That's why I, I haven't ca- gotten around to it. I didn't care it. for Split. I, know I thought of, Split was okay. I was like, yeah, okay. And then like the big twist the end, I was like, yeah, okay. Just yeah. like, I guess. I didn't think we needed a sequel to Unbreakable or whatever, but... I yeah, guess. Um, yeah, I was kind of the same. Uh, I like M. Night... Shyamalan though so when he comes up with a film I usually go and see it uh, this one I don't it's still showing in theatres here but I don't think I'll see it in theatres I think I'll wait for DVD or Netflix or something yeah, and I'll enough. watch it then uh, The Mule uh, I'm not even sure if I will see this that's the Clint Eastwood one. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Is, yeah. He, is he directing it? Uh, I believe he's directed and starred in it yeah, he did I, direct it. I didn't, it's got Bradley Cooper as well. Yeah, I don't like a lot of his films. I think the only film of his that like I really like, I'd say I like, was like Letters from Iwo Jima. God, I haven't even seen that. That's um, that was made after he made um, Flags of Our Fathers because they okay. um, they finished production on that really quickly. So they were like, let's tell the same story, but we'll do it from the Japanese point of view because we still have like we have this whole area rented out or whatever. Yeah, and we have this whole production crew. So that was... Um, I actually really liked that film. I didn't care for Flags of Our Fathers, though. I haven't seen that or the yeah. other one. Um, I have seen Gran Torino. I've seen that. I uh, liked that. I saw it a long time. I think I liked it. Yeah, I, like, I don't really remember it either because I saw it a long time ago, yeah. but I liked it. And I saw that 1517 to Paris last year. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That was a weird movie. Um, that was, like that was made very quickly. It was made, It was based on a true story. Yeah. Um, and they got the people that were involved That's right. in the true story to star in the film. And none of them were actors. Yeah. And it was just awkward. And it, it felt so aimless. There's one point where they're in Europe and they're sightseeing. And that's it. Like, it's like 20 minutes of them sightseeing in Europe. And you're like, where is this going exactly? Like, what happened to the plot? Well, you know, like, real like, life is aimless sometimes, Mike. Like, oh, you know, I I'd, it was very odd. It was, but a lot of the film felt like that. It just, it felt like things were happening, but I wasn't really sure where it was going. Right. Um, mm. That was a very strange... I didn't, I didn't dislike it. Like, I was never bored or anything, but it was just an odd... It was an odd... Experience. I think the last like, one film of his I saw was American Sniper. That was him, yeah. Yeah, it was. I haven't yeah, seen it. I didn't care for it. I was like, this is just. Yeah. It was pretty boring. And uh, this is weird. Have you heard about the baby thing? The baby thing. Where like they couldn't get the actual baby to show up on set, and their backup baby wasn't there, so they just had a doll. And it's like very obviously he's holding a doll, but oh, he's trying really? to like keep it from the camera. Yeah. Okay, that's kind of funny. Yeah, it is funny, but like the film, I was pretty bored by it. Um, Dragon Ball Super Broly. Oh yeah, that's... I might be seeing that tomorrow. Um, that 
I'm I've heard nothing but good things about it. To be honest, yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about it. Too. I, I've, I'm still on the fence like, about it just because I know Kevin Brawley is. Oh, neither do I. He's the worst. He's one of the worst. He's such a fan fictiony yeah, character, he really like is. this big, muscly Super Saiyan, and he's like stronger than Goku and Vegeta, and he yeah. just gets stronger as he fights. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like. Yeah, I, I've never been that. But apparently this one is the best interpretation of Broly. And the, a lot of people are saying it's the best Dragon Ball Z film. Okay. So, And the last two, um, Resurrection F and Battle of Gods, I think have been the best two. So that's a lot. That's saying a lot. Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely going to see it. I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, there's a horror movie called The Prodigy. I don't know too much about it, but I saw the trailer and I thought it looked kind of cool. Um, Happy Death Day to You. I, I didn't saw the first one. The first one is a fun movie. It's, it? um, I, I've heard a lot of mixed things, but I have heard a lot of people saying it's like kind of fun and just kind of quirky. Yeah, it's fun. It's not scary at all. It's it's really not even trying to be. It's more of a comedy than a, a horror. Because okay. like, I feel like it was marketed as a horror kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I don't really remember the marketing, but it's, um, yeah, comedy first, it's horror like, second. It's it, fun. It's definitely fun. It's like Groundhog Day meets slasher film kind of thing, yeah, right? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's worth watching, I think. Yeah, okay. so that's why I'm seeing the second one. Uh, now, Dragged Across Concrete. <laughs> okay, Very, what's that? Yeah. Uh, that's the same director as Bone Tomahawk and Brawl and Cell Block 99. I keep hearing about how fantastic this director is, and he makes these brutally like violent films. And mm-hmm. Dragged Across Concrete sounds like it's not going to be really different. gets a few images in your head there. Yeah. Um, it's got Mel Gibson in it, and uh, yeah, I I'm looking forward to that. But I, I want to see his other films. I'm, I mean, look, maybe I won't like Bone Tomahawk or Brawl and Cellblock '99, and maybe I won't see it. But apparently, it, they're both great, and this is looks all right from the trailer I saw. Um, the Sisters Brothers. I don't know too much about this. Apparently, there are showtimes um, now, so apparently it's out. Um, it's got Joaquin Phoenix in it, and it. Um, Stars, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix, John C. Riley, Jake Gyllenhaal. So, you know, um, pretty good. I, I think the thing that really got me onto that was it's like an 1850s film, so kind of like an old West film. And the Sisters Brothers, I think, are these notorious hitmen or something. And uh, I think Jake Gyllenhaal being in it was the draw for me because I okay. like Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, I might just read a few more and maybe we'll do the others another time. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, I'll read three more. Um, Captain Marvel, that comes out on Thursday. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm uh, not super psyched for it, but yeah. I think most of the Marvel movies have, pr- pr- have been pretty good recently. Yeah, good to, or just solid. Like you, yeah. would, you never feel like you wasted your time watching it? Um, there's been a few where I felt like that. I think... I feel like I've avoided all the ones that are <laughs> the really bad. I've seen that. all of them. That's I, a lot. That's, I think the main ones I'm missing are Ant-Man films. And the, third, fourth, and the third Thor film. The second Ant-Man no, film, film was one where I felt like, you know, I really could have gone without seeing that. <laughs> that was pretty lame. And um, the first two Thors, I was really boring. Yeah. I could have gone without seeing those. I wasn't a big fan of Doctor Strange. Um, you know, and Iron Man 3 is, the, I think, the worst <laughs> Marvel film. Um, so, you know, there's a few that I don't like, but hey, there's a lot that I do like, and I really liked Infinity Wars. I liked all the Avengers films. And if you're going to see the next Infinity War or whatever, you have to see Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah, because yeah. it'll tie into that yeah. massively, I'm sure. Um, I, I really liked the uh, three Captain America films, particularly Winter Soldier. No, I think everyone, that's probably that's most people's awesome. favourite, because that's a good film. Same directors, I think, as... Um, 
Infinity War. Yeah, the Russo brothers. Yeah, the Russo brothers, yeah. Um, so, you know, there's... Yeah. Hey, the Marvel Universe is great. I think the fact that it exists in itself is great. And, you know, people are taking comic book series. See, um, there's one thing I now. saw with uh, Captain Marvel. There's like the... You know how films don't really do this anymore, but there's like the website for the film. There's uh, one yeah. for Captain Marvel and it's like set up like a 90s kind of... Ah. It's like really like just gross and weird to look at. It's like really cool that they... Is like, it really like interactive? And yeah, that sort kind of, of thing. Yeah. yeah, it's like kind of cool that they went like and made that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, because yeah. nobody makes those websites anymore. Yeah. But, like, it's very, like, appropriate for the timer of the film and everything. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's cool. So, you know, I don't know anything about the comic, to be honest. I know I know very little. Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll watch it, and I'm just sure it'll be okay. God, two hours and four minutes. I guess that's pretty standard. Um, all right, two more. Uh, Triple Frontier. I don't know too much about that film. It's got Ben Affleck. It's got a really good cast, actually. It's uh, It looks like a... Um, I'll just read the IMDb plot. Five former special force operatives reunite to plan a heist in a sparsely populated multi-border zone of South America for the first time in their progressive career, prestigious careers. And it just sort of cuts off from there. But uh, from what I understand, yeah, they're, they're, they're these um, really decorated military guys that go again. They, they pull off some heist and they... Um, are risking a lot and you know it's an action film okay. it's got uh, Ben Affleck Charlie Hunnam uh, and Pedro Pascal who you probably don't know who he is but he's from um, Narcos which is a okay. really good show so you know mainly Ben Affleck and Charlie Hunnam are the ones that I really like right. so I'll, I'll see that I think that's straight to Netflix a lot of films are straight to Netflix right. now oh, Netflix they're big they're yeah. making a lot of moves they, yeah they are uh, and the last one on the list for now I'll read out the next I've got a lot more. I've, oh, wow, I've got heaps more. Um, I'll read out the other ones in our next next show. Um, okay. I've got uh, Fighting With My Family, which is a... It's a, it's a wrestling movie, actually. Um, okay. It's got The Rock in it. He doesn't wrestle in it, though. He's just oh. in it. I don't think he wrestles. The trailer made it seem as if he doesn't. Um, but it really stars uh, Lena Headley. I don't even know her. Um, but... Or does it? No, I think she's just... Top, she's got second billing here on IMDb. I think it. I think it stars Florence Pugh. Um, and uh, yeah, this girl wants to be a wrestler, and I think Nick Frost is in it as well. Okay. Yeah, so it probably delves into that whole wrestling scene. And I don't watch wrestling anymore, but I do like it. Like it's an interesting yeah, little the spectacle. Yeah, it's an interesting little subculture. That one. I um, the spectacle's cool. It's very funny. It's just silly. It's silly fun. Yeah. Silly, harmless fun. I don't know why people hate on it so much. Like, oh, you know, wrestling's fake. No, wrestling's fake. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you're not that insightful <laughs> yeah. pointing that out. Like, we all like, know it's fake. And yes, yeah. okay, some people think it's real, but don't lump us all in with them. Like, like <laughs> It's basically just kind of like, like, it's meant to be really just silly and out there. I don't think it any, is. It's like. It's like home and away, but it's sweaty dudes hitting into each other saying dumb stuff. Yeah, it's stupid, all right? Yeah. Let's just get that away. Yes, it's <laughs> dumb. Like, if that's your only criticism for it, well, then you miss the point entirely. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, no, I think I think it's fine. Um, yeah. yeah. All right, Damiana, how long have we been going for? Uh, we've been around a minute 21. A minute I mean, 21. an hour 21. Okay, Sorry. I was going to say. Um, all right. Well, I mean, maybe I had a few things noted down here, but uh, maybe we should call it there. Yeah, I think that's fine. Okay. My voice is getting a bit 
raspy and it's no, water. We're out of Pepsi. We're out of Pepsi and, and out of water. So, um, all right, we'll leave it there. Well, thanks for listening. If you made it this far, this was a different sort of show. I, I had fun. Yeah, I had fun too. I think we'll do this again yeah. several times. Maybe this is the show now. Maybe this is this is it. Might need we a new do name. We but, want. Yeah. I think we can. World yeah. is our oyster. Yeah, it is. We're not no going to get. We're not going to get arrested by the podcast police telling us we can't. Well, not for now. <laughs> Okay, all right. Well, uh, we'll we'll call it a day. Uh, Yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Movie Lab.